0: Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, March 18th the ongoing coronavirus continuing to impact each of us in so many different ways. Day-to-day life certainly not going to be the same for so many Americans, so many people just across the globe for the next six to eight weeks at a minimum. So that being said, we here at Cracked Rackets want to keep the flow of content going, offer you all a distraction from the stresses that have certainly emerged for so many of us. And If these mini bricks can at all ease your pain, ease your day, make it just that much easier to get through uh, these tough times. That's what we want to do here at Crack Rackets. So we will continue to be firing out podcasts day in and day out. And the reason we are able to do that due to the support we get from our sponsors and our friends, importantly, one of our biggest sponsors, our friends at Diadem Sports, who regardless of if there are results or not, trust us and continue to support us. And we are so grateful for that here at Crack Rackets. You know the deal. Diadem's helping tennis players elevate their games across the globe by designing the most innovative performance tennis gear on the planet. It's not just their Elevate 98 racket or their Nova 100, which, by the way, were developed with your performances in mind. Their racket's carefully crafted for various specific types of game styles, whether you are the Max Rothmans of the world, powerful, explosive. I guess Max Rothman might not be the best example, but you know, for me, that's when I think power and explosiveness, I think of my former doubles partner, Amber partner in crime, or when I think precision and control, I think James Foster McDonald, our usual Mindy Break co-host nowadays, uh, who hits more forehand slices than should be legal on the court. Diadem's got the gear for that, but they've also got string technology that, again, is on the forefront of all innovations going right now in the game of tennis. Their solstice power, their elite XT, their flash evolution, and impulse strings, all easily capable of accentuating your game, regardless of your playing style. It's not just strings and rackets either. They've got their premier tennis balls. They've got Fantastic swag. Our CEO Dalton Thienman walked into our household last night uh, wearing his hooded diadem sweater and it, it looked really good. I was jealous, I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's also got a beautiful head of hair, but certainly he looked that much better in his diadem gear. So, what we ask you guys to do to show support for them, please go to their website, diademsports.com, check out their racket strings and all of the things going on there if you can. Uh, if you are interested, you know, order yourself up some gear and if If you use our promo code CR50, you're going to get 50% off that order. They've also got some really fun deals going on right now. I know they've got a string bundle deal going on, three sets of strings right now, um, all available. I believe it's the Elite XT. I believe it's the Solstice as well, all together. Uh, You can get three sorts of strings, all for the price of 20 bucks. I mean... Come on, that, that's as good as it gets. Uh, that's literally what you're asking. Uh, that's that, and it's gonna it's high quality string. So hopefully some of you are still finding someone in your self quarantine life that you can play tennis with safely. Of course, keep the precaution. Don't play next on the court next to someone. Play two courts away, uh, and you know do what you can to again not you, keep yourself safe. That's our priority, but. We know Diadem Sports has the gear to bring out your best tennis so We would so appreciate if you uh, could all go support them on their website, diademsports.com. And, again, we are so grateful for their continued support. We are also so grateful for our Patreon uh, supporters as well. Those people, you know, every cent at this point matters for us, so many of us. We don't know when the next tournament's going to be. We don't know when we're going to get to go do play-by-play or all the various things we get to do here at Cracked Rackets. And so that so many of you have already come out and supported us on Patreon. It means the world to us. And in fact, in case you haven't noticed, we're going to be doing a Patreon listener of the day at the beginning of these podcasts moving forward. And today's Patreon today is someone who's near and dear to my heart. As many of you know, I attended the University of Michigan, the Wolverines, my go-to team. I love all college tennis teams nowadays. We've got the chance to talk to so many of these coaches, so many of these players at these elite programs that, do I have a particular, I mean, I still play favor and play favorites is the wrong word. Do I still have my go-to's? Of course, the Wolverines will always be number one in my heart, and the reason our Wolverine men's team was able to get off to such a fantastic start this season because of Nick Beatty and our Patreon subscriber of the day his loving mother Sarah and again you know Nick was off to such a great season that he's not going to get to finish his senior year this year uh, obviously devastating for some of uh, for us Michigan fans because he was just rolling at the five singles position he was rolling at the three doubles position as well and that's a testament to being raised well you know my mother always says Alex you are reflecting me right now when you do these podcasts so don't embarrass me don't swear too much and if you do swear make sure Westhoff quacks it out well you know Nick Beatty was certainly raised correctly just the leadership he showed as a senior the fact that he got this team as one of the senior captains to number three in the country that's a testament to Damn good raising. So, shout out to you, Sarah Beatty. And again, we are so grateful for your continued support of us here at Cracked Rackets. And so, the least we thought we could do is give you a shout out here. And as always, go blue, baby. So, thank you, Mrs. Beatty. Now, in terms of the storylines I want to talk about today, and we're going to keep today's mini break podcast brief because we have a really fun guest, <coughs> excuse me, lined up for Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night, to talk about it on Thursday to talk about these things more in advance. But, big news coming out of yesterday, and that news being the French Open rescheduling their event. They made the decision to push the 2020 edition of Roland Garros uh, all the way back to September 20th to October 4th. Now, if you think to yourself, well, that doesn't sound right, isn't it? Usually in early June or late May. Yeah, you're absolutely right, but given the ongoing concerns about the coronavirus, we don't know when it's going to be safe to be playing tennis tournaments again, and so the French Open, they wanted to be proactive. Now, I want to talk about the fall because it's it's very clear that they did not consult with other tournaments, that they did not consult with the ATP or the WTA player councils, or many of the players. There was rumors that you know Guy Forget called Rafa Nadal to say, "Hey, can we do this?" I know uh, Labor Cup is scheduled this weekend. And believe me, we're going to get to that mo- component in a second. Uh, But that was the big deal, and I do want to read the statement for you um, from Roland Garros. They said, the current confinement measures have made it impossible for us to continue with the dates originally planned. The whole world is affected by the public health crisis connected with COVID-19 in order to ensure The health and safety of everyone involved in organizing the tournament. The French Tennis Federation has made the decision to hold the 2020 edition of Roland Garros from September 20th to October 4th. And I think that's the key sentence. The French Tennis Federation has made the decision. That's what's most clear about this. They did not consult with the tours. They did not consult with the players. They asked for, you know, forgiveness, not permission. And you know, hey, great shot, as we like to say on our other podcast. There's a certain boldness to making a move like that. It's certainly putting your cards on the table and saying, hey, everyone else, uh, your move. And so, you know, for them, uh, their justification, nobody can predict what the situation is going to be like on May 18th. So they want to make sure they can play this year uh, in order to act responsibly, protect the health of employees, service providers, and suppliers. They've chosen the only option that will allow them to maintain the 2020 edition of the tournament while joining the fight against COVID-19. And, I mean, I, I was reading on tennis Twitter, and uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, this is the first time really since World War two when they uh, moved the French Open back a little bit, but continued to play it during World War two. which, by the way, given what I know was happening in France during World War two, I mean, that must have been some weird crowds. It must have just been a weird time to be playing a tennis tournament, certainly. Um, but, yeah, It was a bold move, and we felt that backlash throughout the rest of the day, just for some perspective even before we get into it. Here are the tournaments that are scheduled from that September 20th to October 4th range. On the ATP side, you've got Mets, St. Peter's, Chengdu, Sofia, Zhuhai, Davis Cup the week before, Tokyo and Beijing the week after. You've also got the obvious one labor Cup. And again, hold that thought because I want to get to their statement in a little bit because that's when things get really fun. But on the WTA side, you've got Guangzhou, you've got Seoul, you've got Tokyo, you've got Wuhan, you've got Tashkent, Hiroshima, and Zhengzhou uh, the week before, Beijing the week after. I mean, they clearly made this move without anything. They wanted to preserve their tournament, the French Tennis Federation. I'm, I can only imagine how much money Roland Garros and the French Open makes for them. Uh, So their decision was, hey, we are playing this tournament now, and we are scheduling our tournament. We are worried about ourselves. We are not really worried about the backlash. But, boy, was there backlash, and you look forward as a result. I mean, first, let's start with the U.S. Open statement because, folks, you know, a lot of weird things have happened in 2020. There's no denying that. But, you know, we've now reached a point where tennis tournaments are trolling one another on social media, and I never thought we were going to get to that point, but certainly that's the point we're at now. Uh, The US Open coming out with a statement saying, hey, the USTA is continuing to plan for the 2020 US Open and is not at this time implementing any changes to the schedule. These are unprecedented times though, and we are assessing all of our options, including the possibility of moving the tournament to a later date at such a time when the world is coming together we recognize that such a decision should not be made unilaterally, and therefore the USTA would only do so in full consultation with the other Grand Slam tournaments, the WTA and ATP, the ITFs, and our partners, including the Labor Cup. And I mean, if that's not a direct trolling of the French Open, I don't know what is. That's the US Open saying, hey, you guys, you didn't consult us at all. And I apologize for swearing because I know I'm on live video right now, Dalton. That's my bad. I didn't see you there. Um, but that's them literally saying, what are you doing, French Open? You didn't consult with anyone. And we saw it was players like Madison Keys, Diego Schwartzman, Vasek Pospisil. even the ATP initially came out with tweets saying, hey, none of us saw this coming. And the reason I bring up the US Open first The U.S. Open is scheduled to finish six days before the proposed new French Open date. Six days in between Grand Slams. That is incredible. You talk about it for Rafa Nadal. He won both the U.S. Open and the French Open last year. He would have to defend two Grand Slam titles in 1 month. If he did that, uh, you know, what an accomplishment that would be. But that's the US Open saying, "What are you guys doing? This is not the time for that sort of thing. Collaboration, communication right now more important than anything." So that was the initial US Open statement and the logistics of trying to get players, you know, for a lot of players, are you going to make it past the first week? Are you even going to make it past qualifying weekend? No. And that's when the majority of players are playing. But Imagine being those top guys. You know, if you're a Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, a Rafael Nadal, you plan even the Alex of T. Potts of the world. You plan on making deep runs at the U.S. Open to flip around in six days, to change surfaces, to cross continents, and expect to be able to do you know to be perform your best right away. That's just not realistic. And so certainly that was shocking. But then, you know, the Labour Cup came out. And this is, again, to get back to this Labour Cup component. Labour Cup scheduled, I believe, September 25th through the 27th. That would be smack dab in the middle of this new proposed French Open. Uh, Look, the Labor Cup came out, and they did not mince words. The tennis world learned today that the French Tennis Federation intends to schedule Roland Garros from September 20th to October 4th due to the impact of COVID-19. These dates overlap with the dates of Labor Cup 2020, comma, already sold out, by the way. Humble brag there. They're saying Labor Cup already sold out to you, French Open, and scheduled for September 25th to the 27th at TD Garden in in Boston. This announcement came as a surprise to us and our partners, Tennis Australia, the USTA, and the ATP. So again, they're saying we're not the only one aggrieved. Tennis Australia is aggrieved. The USTA is aggrieved. The ATP is aggrieved. And it raises many questions, and we are assessing the situation. At this time, we want our fans, sponsors, and broadcasters, staff, volunteers, players, and the great city of Boston to know that we intend to hold Laver Cup 2020 as currently scheduled. Let me read that again. We intend to hold Laver Cup 2020 as currently scheduled. So what that would mean is in the midst of the first weekend, third and fourth round, ma- or second, third, fourth round matches of the French Open, they want to play Laver Cup. And I mean, right off the bat, who's labor cup built around? It's Tony Godzik and Roger Federer. We all know that. Roger Federer has made it a, a point. You know, last year he played the U.S. Uh, the French Open, excuse me, but the years before that he did not. If you think he's going to play the French Open this year versus the event that probably makes him the most money of any event he plays, any single event, any single weekend at this point in his career, you're crazy. And so, right away, we have a huge conflict for the French Open. They want Roger Federer there. And by the way, they also want Rafa Nadal there. Rafa's scheduled to be one of the captains, once again, for Team Europe this season. You know, guys like Alex Virev or the Nick Kyrgioses of the world. The only guy who's relishing this is probably Jack Sock, who's like, nice, I can lose second round of French Open and be fine and get another payday that weekend. But who wants to do this? It's just so clear that there was no consultation, no communication, no collaboration. Again, the triple C. And when you're failing on all three Cs, you're not doing something right. And I am well aware, and I saw people make this point. In the grand scheme of things, there's a lot more serious issues going on. If we can get to a point where we're talking about tennis scheduling and tennis, I'm sure all of us, I know, are, again, our cracked rackets team will be like, nice, we know we are going to have things to talk about for the month of September. And certainly there's an element to, you know, how cool would it be as from a fan perspective to see back to back grand slams? How cool would it be uh, to see these top players going at it for a month straight? But think about all the 250s, think about all of the 500s, all of these tournaments across the globe that are so reliant on having their their scheduled date at that time because they need to hold the tournament to make money. Otherwise, they're going to go under. Otherwise, the event is just not going to exist moving forward. And I understand for the French Open, and first of all, this implies that other events won't be moving. This also implies that we will see tennis come September, and God willing, we will. Again, safe, health concerns, safety, health concerns, all of those things come first. No one's denying that here at Cracked Rackets. But the schedule right now is a cluster. And again, I'm sorry for swearing, swearing Dalton. I'm so used to doing this on podcast. Um, but it's just, it's not okay. I mean, it's just, this is why, and everyone's making this point, and some people disagree, but we've talked about this now the past two weeks, the lack of a player union, the lack of the, that the players can't come together as a body and say no. This is unacceptable. And the fact that they don't negotiate as a cohort, and again, whether it would be a tiered system, top 100 players have their own union and their own negotiations, top 500 players who are playing challengers or uh, WTA one 125K events or whatever that may be. There are nuances to unionizing that, of course, will have to be worked out. But this is what happens when you don't have a players' union, that tournaments are all individual tournaments, that players are all individual contractors. It's treated as such, and it's a mess. I mean, it's an absolute mess. And again, God willing, we will have the opportunity to focus on just this mess come July, August, September, and be like, well, what are we going to do? And the concept of, let's say, the U.S. Open moves, you're going to play in New York in late October, early November, or you know, even later, good luck, because you know, things start to snow things get cold. No one wants to be playing a match at midnight at the U.S. Open in 30-degree weather. I can promise you that. But that's going to be an issue. All of these things are now issues moving forward for uh, the scheduling, and the ATP WTA are expected to come out with a statement later today, and I'm sure it will be a harsh one. I'm sure they will say, look, this is a lie. We, we have a lot of reconsidering to do, a lot of different things that need to come together. Um, but but now this is just another issue. And the French Open, again, credit to them. They, they, it, apologies for this phrase. They put their on the table and they said, your move, everyone else. And, you know, that's just sort of what they... That's, that, that's their prerogative. They, again, the French Open probably makes more money for the French Tennis Federation than any other event they hold throughout the year, than any other individual thing they do throughout the year. But they screwed a lot of people. And, again... God willing, we will get to a point where we can have to just focus on reworking the schedule and making things all right. But my initial thoughts is, wow, it's a mess. And, you know, it just speaks to some of the institutional flaws we continue to see in our beloved game of professional tennis. And it's something to monitor a storyline moving forward. And I'm not going to lie, the drama was refreshing. You could escape your coronavirus concerns for a little bit and just say, wow, what are we going to do schedule-wise? And, again, you look at the plus side – I'm just happy that we're going to have a French Open. I'm glad that they're saying, no, we aren't going to cancel. We are going to do by whatever means necessary – Uh, to have this sort of event later in the year. And there's certainly that aspect to it. And, you know, for players who are maybe top 200, 250, who are going to get into slam qualities, those who qualify for the events after not making money for the past, you know, and probably at that point, 8, 10, 12 weeks, hopefully uh, that, you know, they'll have that sort of only that long of a gap in between professional events. Uh, The idea of making quick Grand Slam first round money, the idea of qualifying or second round money or whatever it may be, getting those sorts of points as well, that will be monumental for a lot of players to get those sorts of paydays early on, uh, you know, so quickly getting back into the game. So again, there are some positives, but on the flip side, I mean... I don't know what to say. It, it's a mess. And I, again, I'm really excited for today's podcast because we're going to, get to talk to Mark Lucero, coach of Shelby Rogers. He hits with Stevie Johnson as well, as plugged in as anyone. We'll talk to him about uh, all of these you know, continuing corona concerns and more in the scheduling and what it looks like from a player's perspective, what the training's going to look like over the next few weeks as well, how they you know, are going to both be careful but also still make sure that they get their amounts of training in. But it's a mess, and so it's just another thing for us to monitor, and again, You know These players have a lot of downtime right now. They're going to be chatting with one another. Diego Schwartzman talking about, hey, we have a group chat, and I'm sure we will make fun of that group chat amongst the top 100 players in our next Overserved segment, which we expect to come out next Monday. Hopefully, if you haven't seen our first edition of Overserved, you can go check that out now on our YouTube channel. I know that would make Super Producer Daniel Westhoff's day, and he'll stop asking me to plug it as soon as we get to over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if any of you can help us do that, please. uh, it's, It's too close. It's very easy, uh, but this is another issue. Just throw it into the mix with everything else. So that was the big storyline on Wednesday, and I'm not going to lie. It is a little bit of refreshing to talk about a non-corona-related storyline, but, I mean, it's certainly going to be something to monitor as, you know, again, hopefully we move past these and return to normalcy at some point. Uh, it's just something to think about. So that was really Wednesday's biggest storyline. Again, as I mentioned, going to have a really fun podcast for you all tomorrow on the mini-break with Mark Lucero talking about corona concerns, talking about uh, some of the generational shifts we're seeing on tour. A lot of fun topics. He's always a fun interview, so be on the lookout for that. We've also had a really fun time, uh, a lot of fun interviews on the horizon and in the past for us. Uh, We got yesterday to talk to Austin Rapp, who alongside of Carousel, um, and I, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on. There are a lot of Gies uh, in tennis right now, but Gie of Pepperdine, I will get that last name right moving forward. I apologize to the My Tennis HQ team, uh, but we are really excited to be collaborating with them moving forward as well. We're going to be introducing Technique Tuesdays for those of you who want to just improve your own personal game, regardless of level, My Tennis HQ. Uh, they're doing a really good job of communicating. It's just fresher. It's not the stiff. It's not some random guy at a country club. It's not some you know person. And on YouTube you know, you've never seen before. Uh, you know, these are guys who played at the highest levels. These are guys who are playing professionally currently, if not You know, for Carousel. He is now Naomi Osaka's hitting partner. So uh, they, they know their stuff. They have the credibility, and we're really excited to be presenting those Technique Tuesday segments moving forward. We've also got some really fun projects in the work at Crack Rackets. I'm not going to... I'm not gonna give it completely away, but you guys know we like college tennis. And again, now that we have a little bit of time to go back, take a look at big picture things. We've got some big-picture projects coming for you all. You all know my affinity for the University of Virginia. You know how good they were uh, during the aughts, the 2000s, and those early 2010s. And, you know, we want to – a little bit of a tease here. We have some really fun interviews coming up with some of the most notable players from those teams. Uh, so be on the lookout for all of those things moving forward. Shout-out, as always, to the super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the f- of an editing job they do each and every day. We keep them busy because – why not? And, uh, you know, they constantly deliver. So this doesn't happen without their countless, you know, effort. So much effort gets put in. So huge shout out to them. Huge shout out, as always, to our sponsors, uh, Diadem Sports, uh, who, again, go to their website, diademsports.com. Use that promo code CR50 to get 50% your, off your orders. We are so appreciative of their continued support. We're also appreciative of our friends at Aerobar, Bar. And I'll tell you, last night. Uh, I was really down. I needed an arrow bar to pick me up, get me back into the work mode, and it did just the trick. So be sure to go to their website as well. Use our promo code CRACKED30 to get 30% off your uh, arrow bar needs. And again, right now, everyone's hoarding food. I went to Meyers for the first time yesterday, and I mean, it was empty so I, I felt really good that I know hey I got a stash of arrow bars if all else fails that I can turn to for a quick meal replacement but with that being said for super producers Max Leader Daniel Westoff for our friends oh and shout out of course I gotta throw in one more shout out to our Patreon supporters as we mentioned earlier in the podcast Sarah Beattie our Patreon supporter of the day and again uh, in these times when we don't know when our next tournament's going to come that all of you, that so many of you uh, have already shown support for us it means the world for us seriously I know it's cliche but every counts, So such a big thank you to all of you. And shout out to you, Sarah Beatty, uh, for being the engine behind my Michigan Wolverines this year. But for Super Producers, Max Flinger and Daniel Westhoff, for our friends at Diadem Sports and Aerobar, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, that's the break, folks, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.